Hello, welcome to episode five of the Pupcast. I talked to Melissa Coppola about Girls Rock Detroit, which, if you don't know what that is, it's a nonprofit dedicated to fostering girls' creative expression, positive self esteem, and community awareness through music education and performance. They've got a show coming up this Friday, April 28th, at PJ's Logger House at 8 p.m. Back in March, Girls Rock Detroit took applications from all over Michigan and assigned them randomly into bands. Each band committed to taking the next seven weeks to write and rehearse new songs while also raising money online and offline to support their team. So it's a one night only showcase. The band that raises the most money by the end of the night will be crowned the Rock Roulette Queens of Noise. And then they will be able to professionally record their original songs. Rock Roulette is a competitive fundraiser that helps support Girls Rock Detroit's mission of empowering girls, women, and folks of marginalized genders through creative expression to be confident and engaged members of their communities. All funds raised will go directly towards camp programming and tuition assistance. There will be links for all this stuff in the description. Go check it out. I think you'll really enjoy it. Here's episode five. welcome thank you thanks for coming on (laughs) for the listener this is uh melissa how do you pronounce your last name melissa coppola okay all right that's how i was pronouncing it i just didn't want to like embarrass myself yeah no worries um so you do a lot of things yes uh do you want (laughs) to run through them real quick oh gosh um well i think first and foremost i'm a musician um i'm a uh, classical pianist, but I also play as a drummer in my band Jungle Fell. Nice. Um, and then in the off time from that, I am executive director for Girls Rock Detroit, um, which is a summer camp for girls between 8 and 15. They learn how to play rock instruments and write songs and DJ. Um, I also work as a program assistant in the Excel office at the School of Music, Theater, and Dance. And um, I also do a fair amount of freelance work. Nice. That's a lot of stuff. I, I was creeping on your Facebook profile since we're friends <laughs> seeing all the, all the stuff that you do is pretty crazy. Yeah. But yeah, okay, so yeah, the main thing I want curious about is the Girls Rock Detroit mm-hmm. uh, because that seems pretty awesome. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. And like you're probably a better drum set player than I am. <laughs> I, don't, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> but like I'd never, it never occurred to me like every time I see like a girl playing drum set, you're like oh, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Like it, not that it shouldn't ever not occur to you. I think that makes sense. Yeah, that's what but like sense. it's a really interesting way to like give that person a voice. For sure, yeah. Especially in a band. Yeah, and I think most people ought, don't think about it, you know. And I can't tell you how many times people have come up to me and, and say like, "Oh, I get it, like Meg White," and like, that's oh. like their only <laughs> that's like their only reference. Um, like I, our band sounds nothing like the White Stripes, but we get compared to the White Stripes all the time just because of our just the way we look yeah um i get that yeah it, it's but very strange it's, yeah and most people are always looking for something to like align um right. or you know a comparison like that's what most people do right off the bat um but i we believe i mean it's it's very true that girls just get less opportunities to play those instruments and they're not as encouraged to do so um i think so uh, societally, girls are, you know, expected to like look nice and be quiet, mm-hmm. um, and we do the total opposite of that at camp. Like we encourage them to be loud. We tell them that their voice is their instrument, um, and we really give them a platform for them to be able to write songs about whatever they want. Like, I mean, we get a fair amount of ca- um, campers that write songs about like cats and dogs or like puppies <laughs> and kitties. <laughs> um, That's but great, then, though. you know, 
yeah, I think it's pretty cool, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Eight and nine-year-olds, you know, they want to write about being rock stars and about, like, cute things and, like, nice things and candy. But um, then you get, um, you know, the preteens that want to write about what it means to them to be a girl or, you know, Mm. what society is telling them. Like, last year we had a band called... um, Mints, and they got their band name off of um, like Detroit graffiti. And I guess Mints wow. is like a really famous graffiti artist. I would have never known any of this, but they wrote their song, and their chorus said something like, um, uh, "Be light, it's a fight. Maybe I'm not so ladylike." And um, they just wrote about like what they expect, what society expects them to be like. Yeah. You know, they were told to be thin and pretty and like every magazine is about beauty yeah. and um, fashion and that's not what everybody is into. So it, it's nice to for them to kind of have those conversations um, at a young age because I, I certainly wasn't thinking about that as at a young age. Like mm-hmm. what is in a magazine? What are we being told we should be doing? Um, I wasn't aware of it at all. And it's nice for them to just like um, have some insight to that and just – start thinking about these things early on because I think it really shapes um, the way they're developing as they go older. So they write the songs, or each of the groups composed of the students, and so then they all play like drum set, like bass, guitar, and vocals, or how is it comprised? Sure, yeah. So um, on day one, they come in and they are assigned their instrument. So we have four different tracks of instruments at camp. So you're either assigned drum set, guitar, bass, or guitar. Did I I say that right? Keyboard. I forgot to say keyboard. Oh, right. Um, My bad. Uh, So they're assigned that on the first day, and they spend the week intensively studying that instrument. And they are also on the first day grouped into a band. So we will usually go between three and five members per band. Um, So some of them will have multiple of each instrument, like two guitars or um, whatnot. But usually they all have a drummer and a bass player. Um, And they spend the week working with a coach and a mentor to write their song. Um, And usually it's uh, the content is normally based on the workshops that we do at camp because we also do a lot of non-musical things um, in addition so that we just kind of expose them to as many different topics and skills and experiences as possible. Um, And we also offer a really cool DJ program. Um, And last year we had eight DJs in total. And I just I'm still in awe of like how quickly these girls learn because they're like, look what I can do. And they could scratch and transition. And I'm like, how do you learn this so quickly? (laughs) Because I recently started trying to learn how to use Ableton. And that stuff is just like way over my head. Yeah, Um, that's a steep learning curve. For sure, yeah. But kids, you know, they pick up things so yeah. quickly. And most of these girls, I say, more than half come in with zero music experience or, like, have maybe took music classes at school or taking in a couple of lessons on another instrument. But for the most part, these girls are coming in, like, not having any experience. No. Um, and as you said before, like, drum set, I think, is a really cool experience <laughs> with them because, like, when do you have that opportunity, really? Um, yeah. I learned actually at a girls rock camp in 2014 is when I no I, excuse me I started volunteering in Chicago in 2012 okay um and I maybe sat down at a set once and someone taught me like a beat mm-hmm. and they had a drum instructor drop out last minute and they're like oh my gosh we need somebody please like jump in and help teach them and I, was nice. like, I, I can teach like rhythmic notation um I just kind of drew on my music theory but they were all better than me by day five and that totally inspired me to just kind of keep practicing more nice. so as a drummer I'm totally self-taught um but I think that is fully responsible because of the girls rock camp movement yeah that's that's kind of where it starts it's just like 
oh, I have to do this by myself in front of people now. <laughs> yes. And then it's just like, I guess this is happening. Let's yep, go. Yep. That's that's um, the fire under uh, the butt that you need. Yeah. <laughs> but so you said that like a decent amount are don't have very much or any music experience mm-hmm, at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so then like they come to the camp for that voice and for that expression. Mm-hmm. So how does how does that play into like like whatever final performance and like impetus do they keep going do they take lessons after the camp is over mm-hmm. like yeah that's a great question and i think it's something that we're still trying to address um as we're approaching into our third year we know that many of the campers will want to come back um so as of now we don't have any like um engagement opportunities outside of the year other than like a camper reunion and our cd release oh, nice. um but we're working on expanding like more after school programming and weekend workshops like that's one of our goals for the next couple of years is to really expand the opportunities for girls um and especially in Detroit they've made so many cuts to music and arts programs in their public schools um I think for many of these girls it's the only opportunity they, they get to play an instrument um and there are not that many music education nonprofits there um, that will make um, their programming accessible to girls. And that's something mm. that we also um, really believe in is making this accessible to all girls, regardless of their socioeconomic status. So I would say, let's see, what is it? Um, a little more than half of our students attend camp on tuition assistance um, and about a third of them attend camp free. And that's nice. mostly what our funding goes towards is, you know, making sure that these girls can go, can come even if they can't pay for it. Like nobody's turned away. But you had also said about like, do they continue on and take lessons? Like we've mm-hmm. definitely got um, a few emails from parents who are like, oh, my girl, like just fell in love with the guitar at camp and wants to keep taking lessons and we can make referrals. Mm-hmm. Um, and at this point, you know, we don't we're still trying to address that problem, but I know that a lot of the, for a lot of them, it's life changing. You know, they want to play yeah. other instruments. Um, two of the girls have come in and learned two different instruments per camp, and now wow. they can play two instruments, and they want to play a third one this year. Um, but I mean, that's kind of the goal, right? Is for them yeah. to have be able to just like try it, and that's kind of the the whole point is that they don't have to be an expert at it. It's just you know diving in and getting past that really uncomfortable phase where like you know you're not good at something, <laughs> but you're gonna keep going and you know be uncomfortable for a little bit because on the other side is that really great like performance, and that's right. the memorable experience that we want them to have is like being on stage and being cheered on even if you make a mistake. Like I can't, I, I would say two out of eight bands make a mistake on stage, look terrified and everybody cheers really loud. And then nice. they're like, you know, the, the frown turns into a smile yeah. and it's like, oh, yay, we made an impact. Yeah. Um, so it's always, it's always good for the campers, but I always like cry at every showcase because it's like <laughs> really inspiring. That's nice. So you mentioned programming, like what kind of, I don't know, pedagogical works goes into preparing for like a camp like that? Mm-hmm. Like, where do you start? Like, okay, we're going to teach this group of people guitar, this Mm -hmm. group of people keyboards. Like, who do you, I don't know, if you bring in, like, specialists for, like, rock keyboards or? Yeah, that's a great question, too. Um, Our volunteers come from all over um, Detroit, suburban, like, southeastern Michigan. Some people drive an hour to come volunteer for camp. Um, Our volunteer, and I, I guess I didn't say before that most of our staff is volunteer based um, and they're all women at camp too. That's something that we really um, want to encourage is being able to present them with real life mentors that like they can see themselves reflected in the people that are teaching them because they think that's something that we're also lacking and just in general in society. So um, they are 
of all different backgrounds when it comes to experience. And um, some of them are first-time teachers. Um, and that's where I come in. I do all the volunteer training. So, um, you know, we make it mandatory that you have to come in for an orientation. Hmm. Um and I've written up a couple of different documents on, like, you know, how do you teach beginners? Um, it's a little difficult for some people who have never taught before because, you know, you kind of have to assess where people are. Some of the students um, are have a little bit more experience and others are total mm-hmm. beginners, and that's expected. Um, but they do teach in group formats. But we try to support them just by giving them a few ideas, like a couple of simple tunes they can play, learning string string names, rhythmic notation, um, and just a couple of different ex- exercises. They get two hours of instruction every day, um, fully knowing that they're not going to be focused exactly, like really <laughs> super right. focused for two hours because right. it's just not going to happen with the eight-year-olds. Nope. Um, but a lot of, lot of activity-based, a lot of repetition, um, a lot of applicable knowledge. So what they're learning in class is like, okay, well, how are you going to use this in your band? It's all geared very much towards how they're going to utilize those skills when they go into band practice. Um, like, for instance, with the bassists, um, I think especially with the eight and nine year olds, the instrument is so large. Yeah. Like, that's already kind of. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, it's a huge challenge for them because one, the strings are really thick. So some of them can barely even press the strings down. So, how do you approach that? It's like, okay, well, that's all right. You can just play open strings and then you encourage their band to write their song in E. Um, <laughs> secret that most of the girls' rock songs are written in E and A. Nice. <laughs> um, mostly because, you know, the bassists are, it takes a little while yeah. for them to really kind of get the idea of, like, you know, what strings to play um but there's that and then for drummers like for you know how do you learn to keep a beat yeah. i'm surprised at how quickly the girls learn because like i i feel like it's not always intuitive how right. to play drum set um but they usually make it work um it's kind of like you know customizing what they're learning to their ability yeah. um and most of all cheering on their accomplishments um and saying like oh you put on the guitar correctly and you put the strap around the right shoulder and you held your pick correctly and um also just having fun like i think it's a lot of fun even just to hold a guitar like yeah makes these girls like oh my gosh i'm so cool (laughs) that's pretty great yeah um and i think with the i think my favorite part is going around on day one because the guitarists and bassists are plugging in their amplifiers and they have like (laughs) never used amplifiers before i mean i didn't use an amp till a few years ago (laughs) so you know i would be way better than i am now if i had tried this at eight but um they're always shocked by how loud it is right away they're you know Hmm. it's always like the surprise and then the joy (laughs) comes right afterwards like it's really loud and i like it (laughs) that's amazing I'd imagine that, like, yeah, having a bunch of people who are, like, just discovering, like, how to have fun in a musical context mm-hmm. is, I mean, A, it's fun. Mm-hmm. B, you get a lot of, like, excitement not only about, like, I just plugged in a guitar for the first time and it's making these weird noises. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but also, like, I could make noises mm-hmm. out of this or not noises, but, like, music, something yeah. I made can, like, rep- be represented by this sound. With these sure. people. And I also think it's a special environment in that, you know, you're being loud and people are cheering you on where 
versus maybe if you're at home and you make a loud sound with an amplifier, like a horrible screeching noise, and your parents are like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, Rock Camp is a safe you just space. just broke something. Where, yeah, it's okay. Like, you know, a, um, one of my campers in my drum class a few years ago broke a drumstick when I was teaching at another location, um, and she she was horrified. She's like, mm-hmm. I broke a drumstick, and we all started cheering for her, and like, <laughs> I think it was like the best memory for her. She's like, I That's broke amazing. a drumstick, um, and she got to take it home, and it was like her souvenir <laughs> that she had this broken drumstick. That's like, gonna be a frame so for life. Yeah, like she played so loud, she broke a drumstick. I think like that's a milestone. Yeah. Um, but I also think you know, in addition to the campers having a really awesome experience, is like as I mentioned, a lot of these um, volunteers are coming in with zero teaching experience, and I can't tell you how many times um, people have applied and said like, "Well, I've been playing the guitar for twenty years, but I've never taught, so I'm not, I'm not ready to teach." I'm like, hmm. "Yes, you can," um, and we're not. Because we don't follow a very strict, you know, pedagogical structure or like a, you know, syllabus because it really depends on the class, um, we encourage them to Skillshare. That like, you know, this is an environment in which not, you know, you're almost viewing them as peers in terms of like, well, this is how I learned. This is um, how I use my knowledge in my band. Or this is how I learned, like, some of these people learned later in life. And we can show them like, you can pick up an instrument at any age. Like if they know that young, they know that they can later in life pick something else up. Maybe it's not musical based, um, but that um, you know that ethos kind of still continues with them. That's yeah. what our goal is. Um, and I think a lot of our volunteers have, have have had really excellent experiences, not just instrument instructors, but also band coaches. Because when are you a band coach, really? Yeah. Like I. I would have never thought that I would be a band coach. And, you know, I've written a couple of songs here and there. um, And I'm certainly no, like, songwriting expert, but I can certainly coach a group of 10 or 12-year-olds how to write their song, especially since they're writing all the content. Like, we don't write the songs for them. Yeah, that's. I didn't even think about coming at it from the other end. Like, volunteers being like, I want to do this thing. Mm -hmm. Never taught before, but I'm really excited. Yeah, yeah, it's life-changing for some of them. Yeah, so... You play a lot of instruments, so you probably have, like, special, at least specific to how you approached learning, to, like, drum set, like, a handful of years ago. Uh, so where do you come from in terms of, like, musicianship? Where'd you start? Um, where did I start? Gosh. I mean, I've been playing piano since I was six, Um and I picked up the acoustic guitar when I was 16 because I just, you know, I just wanted to learn to play the guitar. And I think I, I was entirely self-taught, you know, I just kind of mm-hmm. learned how to use tabs. Um, I've never taken any lessons. I'm definitely not like an expert. I'm not very good. But I think um, I, you kind of learn power chords and yeah. you realize that there's like the world is your oyster. <laughs> and like all songs are power chords and one, four, five. Um, but from there, I... Let's see, what have I... I've taught myself a lot of different instruments, and it's funny that you ask this question because I'm going to school for pedagogy next year. I'm starting my doctorate. Nice. Um, and one of the things that really fasc- fascinates me is how people teach themselves and what types of personalities want to do the work to teach themselves and, like, what methods people use, especially in, like, the digital age where we have everything accessible to yeah. us online. Um, but with that said, let's see, what instruments... Guitar, ukulele, um, I've dabbled in bass. I definitely took a solid, like, three years to teach myself the accordion. Um, nice. So I'm really, I find <laughs> it very fascinating. Um, and then and drums. You know, I think drums is probably, drums and accordion are the ones that I've been um, learning the most, I guess, or, or continued to have learned. 
Yeah, that I would imagine, especially for like maybe an eight-year-old. It's like, all right, here's two sticks. Now do something with all four limbs at once. Yeah. Go. (laughs) You know, from teaching, from that teaching standpoint, and sort of how I've learned is like, children learn from exaggeration and repetition. Mm. Um, So one thing I've done in class with drum students is the drum dance. So you know, you stomp your right foot. And we count like your foot is one, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. And then you bring in your left hand with the snare and they just start with kick and snare, kick, snare, kick, snare for like three days. Like, I mean, if you do that (laughs) that many times, um, it it works. And if you do it up in the air outside of the drum set, they start to get that big motion. um, And then you try to get this hand to go on every beat. The right hand is going to go on every beat. um, And there's your hi hat. At least that's how I've done it, and I've passed it on to the other drum instructors, and it tends to work pretty well. I mean, just counting over and over again for five days works pretty well. Um, (laughs) In fact, I feel like one of the challenges is that the drummers pick things up the quickest, surprisingly, um, and they tend to get a little more bored, and they want to learn how to do fills. Like, it's so funny. They're like, I got it, I got it. I want to, like, play fancy fills. And then they're just (laughs) like, you walk into the room, and it's just cacophonous, like four drum sets going at once. Um, That sounds like every... Yeah. Early drummer ever. Yep. Yep. Exactly. It's so funny. Um, but it. I think the greatest thing about it is like from those group lessons, they're going into the band. Mm. Um, and it's not just playing an instrument by yourself because I think that's the op- I mean, that's an experience that is not unique to just musicians in general. Like true. I, I've self-taught and played by myself for such a long time. Like you get a completely different experience when you're working with your peers. Um and making music together, like it really hones your skills and um, it changes the way you think of, yeah. about how you learn and about how you play. Yeah, I read, I can't remember anything about what it said, which isn't helpful at all. But I read an article like drummers brains are like, like wired differently or mm-hmm. something. Like, I believe that. Yeah. So it's interesting how something like so seemingly complex might be the fastest thing to get learned out of a given group of people. Yeah, yeah. I'm I don't know. I think it's also the fun factor and like uh, the true. fact that three other people in the room are doing the same thing with you. It's like everybody yeah. and everybody sem- seems to progress at a similar level and pace um and the good thing is like sometimes the more advanced students will help teach the the younger students and then they get that experience of like skill sharing and teaching because you know i think oftentimes we think of teaching as like a you know master and student type of scenario and Mm -hmm. we try to foster an environment where like no this is how i do it like why don't you try it like you know this is not the way to do it this is how i do it um Mm -hmm. and this is how i've learned and this is my experience and like hopefully you can learn from this so it's you know it's more inclusive i think yeah that's very much like you said um finding ways or maybe not finding ways but like pedagogy now where like everything is online Mm -hmm. at all the time Mm -hmm. and like you know somebody could go on youtube and learn how to like either play an instrument or learned like Photoshop or Mm -hmm. Ableton or like whatever. Mm -hmm. And nowadays it's like, you know, that's not necessarily a standard way to do it, Mm -hmm. but it's like that's person got by doing it. And like, I can learn from that. Yeah. And I think a lot of what happens at camp and, and lessons, taking it into band practice is sort of just expanding your toolkit and just having a few different tools. And maybe you only have like a hammer and a screwdriver, but that totally still works. Right. You yeah. can like do a lot with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, 
some of my pedagogical knowledge for, for teaching these types of classes and what I pass on to the instructors that I train um, is sort of derived from what I did at School of Rock because I did teach at School of Rock for a short nice. period of time. Um, and in particular, I taught, the, I taught the Rock 101 class where they use a lot of – it's really just um, – it, it's playing together, but it's very, very rhythmic focused. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, they use the pizza method. I don't know if you've heard about this. I've not heard um, about this. But they talk about pizza toppings and I like it already, each <laughs> and each slice of pizza like being like a measure of music. Okay. Um, and each one having the magical topping of four toppings. Um, so when you're making a pizza, but in any case, the quarter note is cheese. So a bar would be cheese, 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 cheese. And the uh, let's see, half eighth notes were um, sausage. Nice. <laughs> sausage, cheese, sausage, cheese, and then 16th notes were pepperoni. Pepperoni, pepperoni, sausage, cheese. And you have them echo, echo it back. This works really excellently for, honestly, all the instruments. Um, like, okay, yeah. we just learned an E. Um, can you play, let's play the pizza game on the E string. Um, it works for, for drum students. It works for... Um, keyboard students like okay we just learned a c chord or you know let's echo back on this can you switch back and forth from these two chords quickly um so that's something that i've i've passed on quite a bit and also just like from being there and knowing what types of music they use um like simple there's so many rock songs that are really really excellent pedagogical tools um because they're so simple and they're repetitive and it requires students to focus while also being present it's nice. i think it's it's very effective um and it's total fun because like yeah. oftentimes they know the song like one thing i i sometimes struggle with with my classical piano students for for instance is that like they don't know the song and that's something they struggle with um yeah. you know and I, i'm sort of like both sides of the coin when it comes to that like i think that there should be a fair amount of like you know repertoire that they're familiar that they are familiar with either through recordings or just like um you know through being a part of pop culture uh yeah nowadays um and and like a fair amount of music that they don't know because that can also increase their skills in terms of like reading and listening um and just challenge yeah so you mentioned i was curious um you do other like I think you said non-musical, like, group activities. Mm-hmm. So talk about that. I'm curious, like, getting everybody together in, like, not, like, a team building. For I sure. Guess. I mean, we do do team building, though. Yeah. I mean, we have morning assembly every day. It seems like such day. a buzzword. That's why. Yeah. Um, and I, I find it very interesting because, as I said, like, I started volunteering for the Girls Rock Camp Movement in 2012. Mm-hmm. Um so I was at Chicago my first year, then I went to North Carolina, and then I helped start Iowa Cities at their first camp. Um, and they're all very different, and I got so many ideas from seeing what other types of workshops that they did at the other these other ones. But I think, let's see, for one, it was, you know, morning assembly involved them giving their peer a comment, like a, a positive comment, mm. like, okay, I really like this about you. And the super interesting thing is that every girl, almost everyone, Focused on looks, like, I like your glasses, or I like your hair, or I like your shirt. And then they said, okay, now you have to comment on something that's not physical. And they had so much trouble with it. And I think Hmm. that it made me realize, too, like, oh, wow, we really are focused on looks. And I wonder if that's something that is particular to girls. I'm I'm not sure, but I thought Hmm. it was a really excellent exercise in, like, you know, thinking about how different it feels to compliment on, like, um, oh, I love how friendly you are, or... um, 
I like how helpful you are with other people um, during band practice and just changing the types of compliments that we're giving girls yeah. and just like thinking about what they're worth rather than what they look like. Yeah. Um, so there's that one. And at a, another camp, I heard them, they did a, let me see if I remember, it was a women in, in pop music um, workshop. And it was specifically focused on women, uh, images of women in the media. Hmm. So um, they did sort of, it was sort of like a, I don't know, it was like an experiment, I guess, but somebody who studies these sort of phenomenons, yeah. but they held up pictures of women who were like pop stars in the 50s and 60s. Um, and the hmm. girls threw out words to describe what they thought of those women. Interesting. Um, and like, for instance, they had uh, like Big Mama Thornton, they held up a picture and it's like, oh, she's cool or, oh, she looks powerful. Um, and then they picked, held up a picture of Taylor Swift and it was like pretty and mm. like neat or cool. You know, I, I mean, like cool <laughs> was pretty much used for all of them. Right. Um, but there were slight differences in the types of adjectives that they use um, just based on their image. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was really interesting. For ours, we have just run the gamut on the different types of programs that we've offered um, for workshops. So they get two one-hour workshops a day, um, and it's always somebody different coming in. So not only do we have musical-themed ones, like last year we did lo- lyrical poetry. So they you know, brought in lyrics from, like somebody focused on Bjork and um, <laughs> Chibomato. Nice. And like, okay, well, these people, like English is not maybe their first language, but yeah. they still write these songs and like, isn't this interesting? Like how is this different and just facilitating conversations on like okay lyrics don't have to be about like i feel happy or like you know they don't have to be standard they can be nonsensical and that's okay Mm -hmm. um so i think that's really cool we do also do a songwriting workshop and um like gear workshop to talk about like okay what kind of cable is this what type of amplifier is this um Mm -hmm. what do pedals do uh you know, how do you ask the sound guy to turn up your mic? Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, so there's a there's a fair amount of that. But we also had urban gardening last uh, our first year because nice. we think that's some that's a you know grassroots movement in Detroit that's pretty special to that area. Um, we also make sure to do a zine workshop. Um, zine is a What's that? so zines are uh, now I can educate you. Um, <laughs> so zines are a self made magazine. So what we talk about in the history of zine is sort of. Uh, I'm probably not the expert to talk to about it. I would refer to one of my workshop organizers. <laughs> but from what I've learned is that it's rooted in the riot girl movement and just the rebellion against um, what society is like forcing us to do or what magazines tell us to do specifically. Because okay. magazines are um, almost all ads yeah. and they're all advertisements to make large companies money. Um, with zines, you can write them about anything. Um, there's a couple different methods to making them, but generally they're hand drawn or you know they're stylized in a, in whatever way you want to make it, um, and it's easily copyable and you can also distribute it independently. So it's um, nice. just different in terms of the content and also the terms of the distribution. Um, generally, um, I think some people like charge for zines just to pay for the paper and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but oftentimes. They're free, um, and they're on a number of different topics. Sometimes they're like themed. I, I you kind of get the idea. Right? Yeah, no, I get the um, idea. I, like, where would I be able to find like one of those? There's one in Ann Arbor. There's a collective in Ann Arbor that does zines. Um, and there's actually in Ypsilanti there was a zine festival last year. Um, I feel like if you're not really looking for it, you would never notice it. Like I don't think yeah. I ever knew about it, even in high school. Like I maybe I was sheltered, but <laughs> um, I didn't I didn't know anything about it. But I think the coolest and the cutest thing about it is that the girls 
make zines about their bands. They nice. make zines about like animals they like, or you know, they just make their own little books and then they share them with each other. Um, like some of the campers gave me some of their zines. Like I made a zine about my band. Do you want it? I'm like, okay. Nice. <laughs> um, but you know, it's just great because they get to curate their own interests and like make their own literary material, yeah. which is kind of cool. You yeah. know? Um, so zines is something we really focus on. We also do, um, we've done like uh, stage presence and like performance. So they practice like coming up with an alter ego and what that means and like, uh, you know, like a stage name. Yeah. Like Lady Gaga, you know, we talk about her. It's like, well, Lady Gaga is her stage name, but that's not really who she is as a person. Like, right. you know, talking about separating um, who an artist is from like what their image is. Um, or like person artist, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, let's see if I can, I'm trying to remember. We also do like women's history. Like, um, so we, we focused last year, we did a workshop on, um, women in electronic music history, which is pretty cool. And that was specifically for the DJs, which is pretty cool. Um, We've done, like, vocal technique, and, like I said, it's still, like, a fair amount of, like, you know, team building. So, like, okay, mm-hmm. without saying anything, can you guys arrange yourselves in order of age? Hmm. So, like, it forces them to, like, use, you know, sign language, and, you know, if you say without, if you take away something from them, it makes them think creatively yeah. about how they can work together and, like, you know, without fighting. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and, you know, we, uh, everyone, you can't always get along with everybody all the no. time. So we do a fair amount of, like, conflict resolution at camp. And, like, nice. um, we are not okay with campers, like, fighting and not talking about it. You know, we really try to get them in a, in a place where they can, like, discuss their disagreements and um, learn how to work through them. You don't always have to be best friends with somebody you have a, a conflict with. Like, um, it's a it's important for them to know that they don't just have to let sit things sit and just like sit in an uncomfortable place. Like you yeah. can work through them um, and come out in a better, more comfortable place. Yeah. That's interesting what you said about the communication, just coming at it from like, I guess the other part of the circle with like chamber, classical chamber music. Yeah. Where it's like, I have to communicate with this person. Mm-hmm. We can't talk. I have to use like my eyes yeah. or like something. And being able to do that, especially at a young age, I think would be beneficial because that helped me with like, yeah, not only like just generally talking to mm-hmm. people, but like being able to listen mm-hmm. to something that's happening yeah, and like interpret it better For as, sure. as a human being. Yeah. And they do a lot of that in band practice, too. I guess like nice. I didn't really think about how to compare it to chamber music, but, you know, they have their ready signals. So nice. they'll like I think the drummer will cross their sticks and look around and I, I think... Like last year we had black dragons. They had like a dragon hand nice. signal that they did for when they were ready to start. And then the drummer would count off and they would go. Um, but these are the types of things that they need to do. And we try to like, you know, it's a little not like I wouldn't say it's subliminal, but like it's just without us outwardly saying like this is what we're, te- we're teaching you to do this and learn these right. skills. Um, they're learning like, you know, it's a little more subtle. So yeah. um I think, like, there's a fair amount of feminism that we also teach as well. So, like, we, we've taught gender binary workshops each year um, and just talking about what that means. Um, like, okay, why is blue a boy's color? Like, who thinks that's that's true? Right. Um, or, like, whose favorite color is not pink? And, like, almost all the girls raise <laughs> yeah. their hand, you know? Um, and then we talk about the history. Like, for instance, um, pink was not always a girl's color. Yeah. In fact, a long time ago, it was, like, the 10s or 20s, um, it was actually, like, blue was the girl's yeah. color. And then it's flip-flopped when, I think it was Jackie... Um, 
Uh, I know what you're talking about, but was I it can't one of the remember. first? I think it was one of the first ladies. Um, yeah. like started wearing pink all the time, and they're like, "Oh, now it's a girl's color." Yeah. <laughs> um, and. <laughs> Sometimes it depends on the audience. Like our first year, they're like, "Yeah, we know that." Like just because we're girls Oof. doesn't doesn't mean that people can tell us we can't do boy things, like play football. And it's like, oh, okay. I mean, some of them are very yeah. well educated in that sense. But this last year, I mean, um, I think it was way more affected just because yeah. the campers had never really thought about it before. You know, like we had a camper who had really short hair, who another camper thought was a boy on the first day, hmm. um, and we had kind of had to. Th- like talk about that and it was great because we had that workshop the next day and it was like well you know can a girl have short hair Um, and in fact one of the older campers who had a very short haircut said like oh well you know people call me a boy all the time but I like my short hair and everybody's like oh your short hair is so cool like um, so that it's just nice to be able to have these conversations especially with like them discussing and um, communing not communing but like relating with each other about similar hardships that they've had just because they're girls um and also with the volunteers as well i think that's something that we don't really talk about it's like we know it um but it's a really cool environment to be able to discuss it freely yeah it seems like it so when is the camp that's uh, a great question. I'm still trying to solidify camp dates. So hopefully by the time this is released, I can um, tell you when they are. But okay. for sure, one week will be July 31st through August 4th at Dime, which is the Detroit Institute of Music Education. Um, and it's downtown. And uh, the other week will likely be August 21st through the 26th. Cool. But still working on confirming those dates, you know, got to yeah. sign the contracts and yeah, stuff. So I can't I'm say sure. for sure, okay. um, but I will let you know as soon as I do. Cool. But people can go to your website too and like frequently yes. check. Yeah, I think the updated. best thing to do for people who want to like be the first to know about when we release both camper and volunteer applications is to sign up for our mailing list. Um, you can do that at girlsrockdetroit.org um, and there's a tab to sign up for the mailing list there. Sweet. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for coming on. Yeah, about definitely. All this stuff. Thanks it's for super having me, Chris. exciting. Yeah, thank you. Uh, yeah, I look forward to it.